This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. interactions with animals provide us with opportunities for healing and growth as human beings, mirroring to us what we often fail to recognize in ourselves. They effortlessly mirror back to us what we fail to recognize in ourselves. They are able to love unconditionally and provide wisdom so powerfully. Wouldn't it be great to be able to tap into the wisdom of animals that stands right beside us when we are struggling in any way? Valeria interviews Lisa Tully, As a professional animal healer and communicator from Ireland, Lisa has an international practice working with all kinds of species, using a multidisciplinary holistic approach. She is excited to share a fascinating area of her work that supports animals by supporting you, their guardians. They know you the best, and Lisa helps you tap into that as a powerful way of self-reflection and understanding. And she would love to invite you all to check out her monthly online animal gatherings, at animalhealing.ie backslash monthly dash gatherings to deepen your connection with the animals, with yourself, and with each other. Meet Lisa at animalhealing.ie. Here's the interview with Lisa Tully. In your own words, who is Lisa Tully? For me, I like to consider myself as a human that is here for the animals, um, an animal advocate and a voice for the animal nation. Uh, it's my purpose, it's my dharma, and nothing brings me the greatest joy than having the abilities to ease the suffering of animals and to help humanity understand their level of consciousness and wisdom. Uh, so I suppose in a way, I, I'm a guardian of the animal nation is yes. how I'd like to present myself. <laughs> yeah, it's truly beautiful. I have so much to say about how precious animals are. With that in mind, I have um, an opening question about your gifts or your dharma, as you call it. How did you discover that? What I did was I spent about three years in India uh, meditating and doing a lot of retreats yeah. and going to teachings. And through that journey, it awoke a city in me, a latent ability where I was then able to hear the thoughts of animals, feel their feelings and just really sense into their heart energy and become their their translator in a way. 
on a very, very, very um, deep level, uh, spiritual level. So it was by really working on myself to clear away my own stuff, my own noise. So I was able to then be in a place of stillness and tune into the radio station that the animals are already dialed into. Wow, how beautiful to hear that. Let me see the question that comes to me now, because I have lots of questions here for you, but I usually love the questions that come in the moment. Do animals have a soul? Do you also believe that they go from one body to another? Do they actually become humans at some point? I believe they do. Um, I believe that we can all change species. Uh, we can become a horse if we're lucky. <laughs> lucky, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, like the work that I do sometimes, if you have a young animal, like a young pup that has a very serious illness in their body at a very, very young age, sometimes it can be because they've brought it in from a previous lifetime. And the way I heal it in those instances is I do a past life regression and healing with the animal or deep emotional problems. And they, they, when they clear very quickly after that, that's what's taught me that the animals are just like us. You know, they yeah. reincarnate, reincarnate, and I, I believe would jump species. Yeah, that also resonates true because consciousness, it works the same way, right, from all that exists. So that would make sense. Consciousness is uh, very diplomatic and free when it comes to that. Of course, I take that you have lots of animals around you. Yeah. Do you feel a special connection, a deeper connection with one or a few of them, or with one more than the others? Uh, as in one particular animal or do you mean yeah. one particular type of animal? A particular animal. It doesn't have to be a kind of species, just overall in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I, obviously the animals that are closest in my life, one of them would be Georgie. And mm, Georgie yeah. is a, a feline master who <laughs> has been around me for many years and mm. he helps me in my work. And he, right. what, he, what he also does is if I get to caught up in my work and too yeah. busy yeah. and running around just a little bit too much yeah. he'll change he'll change his behavior uh-huh. as a way to kind of indicate to me hang on a second you need to just turn down the notch a little bit and look after yourself mm. so there is this sense this feeling of connection deeper connection with one of them oh big time yeah i feel the same thing with my dog since we got him, even when we went to, um, we were about choosing between three of them, three puppies, and it was just clear to us that he was the one to come to our house. And the same day, I mean, the moment he arrived, it's almost like time slowed down. My heart rate slowed down. It's just that sense of um, peace. It was a felt sense of peace. Is that what they are mainly here to teach us, to slow down, to relax, that we are already inherently worthy and and fulfilled, unconditional love? Yeah, I think that's one one element of it. Um, 
absolutely. Uh, but we're also very complex. Right. When I when I'm healing an animal, it's far easier to heal an animal than it is to heal a person. Right. Yes. Right. Um. So yeah. the animals can be very patient in the sense that they'll highlight us our imbalances layer after layer after layer, and they'll stick with us uh, by mirroring us and exhibiting back to us our imbalances until we can finally let them go ourselves, or the animal knows they've done enough. Off. So it goes, you know, we, we mightn't always get to that place of peace as a human. <laughs> yes, so true. So true, Lisa. Yes, that's so, so true. I also sense that they that they have um, fear that they are. I mean, I don't know if that's just me, but I want to ask you, do they also dwell in the realm of fear? I think, yeah, I think animals perhaps dwell in the realm of trauma uh, more so. Uh, so depending on what has happened to them, I believe that animals will worry about the past being repeated yeah. more so than actually worrying about having to pay the mortgage. Uh, right. right. So they right. don't have that fear projecting into the future. Right. But if they're if they're in the moment and they something triggers them, like if they've got a fear of men or a fear of feet, um, something like that from something that happened to them before and a horse can suddenly, you know, just really bolt and or book the rider or something like that. Yeah. And that is a, a pattern that they see and they're just trying to keep themselves safe. And that's the kind of fear I see in animals that yeah. I help them with. Yeah, that also makes sense to me coming from trauma. Would you also say ancestral trauma? You know, a lot of them, uh, like my dog is a working dog, so it's considered a working dog. So he comes from that lineage. So he's always looking for something to do and oh, like yeah. guard the house, guard us. He always wants to do something. So, and, and you know, in a way, that's funny, the animal mirroring. This is the, the main topic of the conversation today. But that always came to me intuitively when I see him, when I, I have seen him since the very beginning, you know, with this doing thing, working, going from door to door, watching everything. I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I'm doing. That's what my husband is doing. We're constantly working, you know, we're like working people <laughs> too much even. So he mirrors that to me. And that message came across instantly when I saw that. So that makes so much sense. Please, Lisa, I would love to hear from you. Yeah, um, they they will carry in patterns ancestrally. If you've got a working dog like that, yeah. you know, if they're born on the farm and their their parents are working dogs and then say we adopt them and bring them into maybe a more suburban environment, maybe a more rural environment, yeah. but they'll, they'll still have that inherent um, genetic makeup to be a dog that has to have a job to do. Yeah. And that type of dog, they're usually quite intelligent. Yeah. And yes. they don't do well sitting around, mm, yeah. you know, yeah, they're better yeah. off having something <laughs> to do. Uh, so yes. there's definitely that side of it. And then they're going to when we choose a particular type of animal. Mm. So if you're a high energy person yeah. who's always working and you've selected a high energy working dog, that's the most simplest form of mirroring that comes in. Mm. 
you know, sometimes people who are yeah. a bit slower, you know, <laughs> yes. more easygoing, they might they might go yeah, for you right. know a very sedate horse like uh, a cob or something like that right. that's just going to plod around. <laughs> Yes, that makes a lot of sense. That's funny to hear. I mean, it's funny and at the same time, um, you know, when I see him doing that, I feel compassion. That's I know I'm feeling compassion for myself and for the conditioned body-mind that um, has been doing all this and uh, caught up into doing a lot of times. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you stopped me now with that reflection. <laughs> yeah, so true. I have so many questions for you. Yeah, I do have another question. I'm curious about veganism. Are you a vegan? Yes, I am. That's I almost assumed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because of your work. I tried to be a vegan before and that was, was coming from that place of deep compassion for the animals, not wanting to kill them and all that. Now it has changed and has evolved into almost like using when I eat meat, whatever I eat, I don't eat chicken for some reason. I'm not attracted to any kind, mostly water animals, not earth animal, land animals, for some reason, I don't know why. But then when I have that, I always pray to almost like a meditation in the sense of uh, having that meat, that piece of the animal's body to become my own body and in the form of become a healing agent for whatever I do, I say, I think. So there's always this um, visualization on integration and I don't feel like anything separate. So I try not to separate myself from anything that I see. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And I don't feel guilty about it, which is the most important thing I would say. Yeah, I think it's 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 how you you work with the animals. Like mm. if you're going to be doing factory farming where yeah. the animal is clearly suffering, yeah. um, right. you're you're you know you're just going to eat that meat, and that meat isn't going to nourish your body, right? Because right? yeah. it's full of it's full of fear yes. um, and yeah. trauma. But if yes. you are like you know. I've done work in Mongolia with the shamans there. And once we arrived to do a ceremony, the first thing they did was they they killed a sheep. Um, And as a vegan, I didn't want to watch. But at the same time, I had no problems with them doing that because they were honoring the animal. They're doing the ceremony. Every single morsel of that animal is used. They even use sheep ankles to do divination with. Okay, and I even use the sheep ankles to do divination with. So that kind of stuff is the next, you know, the the total and other end of the spectrum. But we're not going to be able to do that in more urban environments but as as best we can if our body does need the energy of animals to heal us it's it's about trying your best to find an animal that hasn't suffered in order for you you know on a massive level in order for you to Mm. consume that animal and definitely bless the meat Mm. like I'm a vegan but I'm not I'm not a total purist like there was I've been vegetarian since I was 12 but there was there was a period in my life um when I was living in London where I experienced 
severe adrenal fatigue. Oh, yeah. And the only thing that got me out of that adrenal fatigue was eating meat. Right. And it took a long time for my, my health uh, practitioner at that time to convince me to do it. And I only had a yeah. little bit. But once I started eating it and I started to feel better yeah. and I would pray over it and that lasted mm. about a year and that was it. So, you know, I didn't yeah. need it again. Yeah. So whatever, you know, mm. the, the animals are if if the whole world becomes vegan and doesn't have any animal products at all you know what's going to happen all the beautiful animals it's about bringing it back into balance if you've got an organic farm where every animal is respected has a good life and the cow shares half their milk with you and half their milk with their calves Mm. in a natural way why is the harm in that but it's just gone such an extreme now you know, in these factory farms where it's, yeah, you're basically drinking milk from a cow that's grieving every year they give birth to a calf and mm. that's not going to help anybody, mm. you know, especially the animals. Mm. So I, 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 I try yeah. and see things to a, basically a holistic view, you know. That's a, a beautiful way of um, explaining and analyzing that situation. Yes, I agree. It is. Being conscious, absolutely. Like all the meat that I eat, I don't eat that much meat, but it's very much within the guidelines. Wild salmon, and then the meat has to be grass-fed. Even the eggs, everything's free-range, organic, all those things has to have those two labels in there. And I'm thinking about getting my own chickens anyway. Oh, I love that, actually. (laughs) I love animals. (laughs) I love them. We'll we'll get to that, my husband and I. So I have another open question about healing. What is the goal of healing, Lisa? For me, I feel the goal of healing is returning back to ourselves um, and really being able to tap into our own uniqueness in this world. Mm. And when we go to the layers of our stuff that needs to be cleared and that can shine forth, then we know why we're here and we can make extremely powerful contributions to the the global community and when we're so distracted from ourselves by everything that goes on in the modern world uh, it's a real shame and then we end up depressed we end up sick all this kind of stuff so the healing is remembering our true gifts and being able to share them and just becoming our own unique source of light and energy, whatever that is. Ah, and that goes back to the idea that healing and spirituality, they are very much connected. And I would like to mention your services and go a bit deeper into animal mirroring. Actually, go deeper into it. We have not done that yet, just introduction. So the services that you offer on your website to have um, your animal healing you that has to do with the animal mirroring that we'll talk today a bit more. And then animal communication is another service, end of life, emotional challenges, physical conditions, skin problems, text support, phone consultations. You also have a monthly animal gatherings that's online. We talked briefly off record. And then you also offer animal healing courses. I'll be asking you questions about animal mirroring in a moment, more questions. But for now, um, as I mentioned off record, speaking to you before, end of life, emotional challenges and skin problems, those 
three, let's say, concepts, ideas, which they are your services, they caught my attention. Talk to me briefly about each one of them. End, end of life is when animals and are coming to that point where they're either leaving because they're getting to that age naturally or yeah. maybe they have an illness or something happened right. and what i do is it's can be a very very impossible time when a person has loved an animal for x amount of years and they have to make the decision to maybe euthanize them yeah. and it's like they're not quite sure and then you know everybody deals with death in in their own way right. right there's no judgments at all right but one thing that i like to bring in then is actually well let's get the animal in on the conversation yeah. how does the animal want to pass over do they want to go naturally or do they want euthanasia right. do they want to go right now or do they want to wait one day mm. one week one month mm. um yeah. or also, what I do is I use botanicals. So uh, there's different homeopathic remedies, essential oils that I use and acupressure points that are like almost, you know, some people describe them as holistic euthanasia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Except instead instead of like a, a pharmaceutical euthanasia where the animal is just gone as soon as the injection goes in, yeah. what these holistic ones do is they, they don't do that. They ready the animal's soul. Uh, so the animal can either pass over in their own time or actually what happens is they spring back and get a new lease of life because it's not the right time. Right. Oh, and that can right. last X amount of time. Wow, <laughs> you know, so true. Yeah, yeah. that makes so, sense. So that's a that's a sacred part of my work. Mm. The end of life, you yeah. know. Wow. Um, you are listening to their soul. Is that what it is? Uh, the depth of their their soul. Yeah, so I can hear their thoughts. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so with the animal communication, I can have a yeah. conversation with them and say, well, well what do you want? Yeah. And then and then they will let me know what botanicals they want to work with in everything that I do, but in the end of life as well. Um, yeah. And then I teach, I, kind, I coach their person and say, look, you watch for this, watch for that. And, you know, when they get to this point, get back in touch with me. So we have this, you know, the animals have this incredible way of showing when they're ready and people know yeah. they instinctively know they know their animal yeah you know and then you just sometimes they just need that extra support as well yeah that's beautiful thank you for sharing that yeah emotional challenges i guess i asked the question about that too yeah so this this is for the darlings that you know if you have a rescue animal Yeah. And uh, a, a cat that, say, for example, is really, really fearful, yeah. won't come anywhere near anyone in the house except <laughs> yes. one, one person. Um, yeah. the, the, you know, what I do with these uh, animals that have emotional challenges is I would bring in some of the five elements of Chinese medicine and I'll see what 
where the meridians are out of balance in the body. And the mm-hmm. animal helps me do this. And again, all this is done through photos. So I work with animals across the world, even mm-hmm. though I'm in Ireland. And yeah. then when they've shown me what meridians are out of balance, they then show me what botanicals they need to bring themselves back into balance, whether mm-hmm. it's diluted down essential oils or herbs or flower essences or animal essences that we make with the energy of horse healing horses. And, mm-hmm. and then you you can really turn things around for them when they have phobias, fears, traumas, uh, you know, perceived aggression, which is usually fear, uh, fear based aggression. And it's it can it can actually, you know, you can lengthen their lives because if an animal is living off their adrenal energy from a very young age due to deep, deep fear, that'll shorten their life. It has an impact on the kidneys. It has an impact on the heart. So right. when we resolve their emotional challenges, and it is possible to do, you, you can have longer with the darlings. What a I mean, I keep saying the same words, beautiful, <laughs> because it is <laughs> well, that's what's being felt. Yes. I do have a quick question about euthanasia. I know that is um it feels very natural for humans to be open to that when it comes to animals, but why do you think when it relates to humans, it's a different story altogether and there are so many laws and um almost most of us don't agree or kind of dislike that idea. What is your thoughts on that, if you could share? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I, I think it's too too extreme on both sides. Yeah. I think we're too quick to euthanize an animal. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, and yeah. I think we're not compassionate enough to allow people that option. Right. If you're right. really, really suffering as a human being right. and your body is being ravaged yeah. by a disease, like why... Would and mm. you really want it, and you're doing it consciously. Right. Why not make that possible? Right. Um, and then for the animals, it's like you don't. Why would you put a dog down just because you're mm. moving house? Mm. Right. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. so it's it's a, it's again it's a, yeah. it's just about finding that kind of harmony. I think everything has a place, but when it's used consciously, because some animals yeah. do want euthanasia you know they yeah. are so conscious um and they know when their body is is not going to be able to let go on the natural botanicals that we use right. but they know that their soul is ready that the bridge has opened up mm. and they're, they're just they just need then the, the chemical euthanasia just for that last step over right. across the veil right. and they do that a lot they really do that a lot Wow, that's amazing. And that's a, a very profound comment you just made, right? <laughs> we are so quick to um, euthanize animals, but then it's kind of the opposite for humans. Yeah, we don't think the same way um, as we are making a very distinction between the uh, existence itself, because it's all one. There's no difference. But that's because we are not there yet, right, Lisa, when it comes to this deeper realization, unfortunately, not yet. And I say that with sadness in a way, because I wish um, we had a different reality here. We could share the same reality. 
But, yeah, know. we've we've got a bit of work to do. Ah, yes, <laughs> uh, a bit. <laughs> Seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a lot. It, it does uh, right now. Doesn't it? Yeah. I know. So the other service that you offer that caught my attention was skin problems, and and that was the reason was because my husband, his skin is always showing signs of distress, whatever's happening within his mine, uh, the mental realm or the spiritual realm even, which to me is one. So talk to me about that. Am I kind of uh, seeing clearly <laughs> that as a representation of a deeper problem? Yeah, like skin problems are really interesting because they can they can come from different places. As yeah. with your with your husband, there's definitely can be an emotional cause mm, to it yeah, because yeah. they're basically our boundary with the external world. Mm. And are, are we comfortable literally in our own skin? Right. Do we feel safe? Right. And if we don't feel safe for whatever reason, mm. we can have emotional reactions in the skin. And how I see that on the animals is if if they start to itch a spot, yeah. but actually there's no mark on the skin. They're yeah. not like, it's not like a real itch where they're tearing themselves asunder. Right. It's more of just an energetic itch. Right. And and that to- tells me then that there's an emotional thing going on. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll be at a certain hot spot, it's called, on their skin. And that can actually be an acupressure point that they know and that they they know exactly where their acupressure points are on their bodies. All animals do. And they'll actually work specific points to rebalance their internal organs. And if you have an an organ that's particularly out of balance, then they can develop a hot spot and just go crazy at Mm -hmm. one particular spot in the body. And it looks like it's a skin problem uh, on the surface. But when you look at it from a holistic standpoint, you kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right Mm -hmm. on this meridian or whatever, the gallbladder usually or the liver. Um, Uh So so there's that side to it as, as well. And then you know, with skin problems, you've got the diet and allergies Uh, and the diet, the diet is, you know, so many animals are on dry food, you know, the kibble um, and that, that can cause havoc with the the liver and the gallbladder. They, they, they don't really like that food and, and that Uh, leads, that can lead to skin problems, uh, um, which are pretty easy to clear up just with a change of diet. Then if it is that, um right. so yeah there's there's lots of you know <laughs> see, there's allergies as well and yeah. I don't really believe in allergies I think it's just an in a deeper internal imbalance in the body being expressed um at yeah. certain times of year because you know the organs are affected by the seasons different organs are affected mm-hmm. at different times um at, at, at different times of year like springtime it's the liver and the gallbladder summertime you know it's the heart it's the endocrine mm-hmm. system and and if though they those parts are out of balance at those times a year. It can show up in different ways, and then you identify it, you you rectify it from a deeper perspective by working on the organs with the botanicals, and lo and behold, the skin problems then disappear or start yeah. to reduce. You know, every yeah. season then it's less and less until it's eventually gone. Wow, that's amazing. There's so much to learn uh, about all this. I know you're talking about the animals, but I'm thinking about humans. <laughs> I'm thinking about it's myself, the same. And, right? It's the exact same. Yeah. yeah, there's no difference. <laughs> uh, yes, right. We are in that. This is the an animal body. We can. I mean, that's what it is, really. But we have the ability to, 
Yeah, to go deeper in the sense of uh, communication, language, use language to express all this, which is fun. Um, I don't think it's more fun than playing with the ball when I see my dog playing with the ball. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking, would I, would I um, exchange this, you know, the ability to have these conversations like I'm having now with you, having so much fun, <laughs> and then watching him playing with the ball when he's so, or whatever he's playing with, he loves to play. Yeah, it's the same, isn't it? I don't see a difference. So talk to me. Yeah, now the questions about animal mirroring. What is that specifically? You have been saying already, actually. The, you already briefly explained. But going deeper into it, what is a good example of that, Lisa? Yeah, so I suppose this is for all your, you know, our listeners today that are really on a spiritual journey mm. and really respect the animal nation as their own conscious community of beings with a high level of emotional uh, intelligence and all forms of intelligence. Yeah. And how they express that is when we have a particular problem, they'll reflect it back to us. So I'll give you an example of that is um, if you have um, a, a woman that's walking her dog, yeah. right? Yeah. And every time a man comes down the path, the dog gets reactive to the man yeah. and doesn't feel comfortable and starts barking. And then the woman doesn't feel comfortable walking the dog because she's afraid he'll pull the shoulder, pull her over if it's a yeah. big dog. Um, and I work on these types of cases a lot. And, and when you dig a little bit deeper, it's, you know, very gently uh, suggesting, well, do, do you have a problem with men? You mm. know, ask, asking the woman. Um, yes. And sure enough, sure enough, they usually do. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, another, another example of it is, yeah, if you have a physical problem, and the animal then has has the same physical problem. So if you have arthritis uh, and then the animal turns around and has arthritis, if you have eye problems, uh, they'll have eye problems. If you've got a cough, they'll have a cough, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so, so there, it comes emotionally, it comes <clears throat> physically, but it also comes spiritually. Like I was yeah. thinking back on a case there the other day, I was doing a little bit of writing and it was a case I worked on a while ago where it was a, a lady who had a lot of dogs all through her life. She's a senior lady and she was a well-versed in mind and doggos. And she got this, this other senior dog who she adopted. And this dog was a bit more troubled um, because her previous guardian had just passed away. Mm. So the dog was grieving. Yeah. Um, and the, the dog didn't really... I want anything to do with the woman and she'd never had that before right. but every time they go for a walk in the park the dog would run up to men and be really friendly and wag her tail and she's just like what's, the, what's <laughs> yes. going on here yeah. um, so she got me she got me in to do some work on it and yeah. um, the dog basically was afraid to form a relationship with another woman because she didn't want her heart broken again if she passed away because she was still grieving um, and she was actually one of the most depressed animals I've ever worked with. And I didn't know anything about the, the lady at this point, the, the human. But when I relayed this back to her, even though she only knew the dog six months, she just said to me, you've just described my life's story. 
um, some of my biggest life challenges. So animals can mirror us on a soul level, even if we've only met them six months ago. So this work has no no bottom. It's like it just can go deeper and deeper and deeper if it needs to. And they do this in order to help us heal what's in ourselves. So often I need to heal the person alongside the animal in the mirroring dynamic or the animal will just keep mirroring them and not get better to the point the animal will will die. And then the person will get another animal who will have the exact same problems. Yeah. Like three dogs that got cancer or three dogs that had a stroke or a horse, three horses that had sarcoids and tumors or, you know, bone problems or whatever. Um, so it's their way of helping us be better humans. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. And, and I can clearly see that as you speak, um, the v- visions of my dog and what he does, right? And uh, the question that came to mind is, I see that he mirrors my husband more than he does me. So when my husband has uh, the skin problems, he has skin problems too. And it's same place too, the elbows. And then the eyes, my husband has like allergies and his eyes get very red. So my dog's eyes are often red when his eyes are red. He often doesn't really like men in my husband's that way too. So why is not mirror me? <laughs> That's my question. Well, yeah, he came to help my husband say what it is easier to mirror him. Yeah, well, uh, he, could be, he could be mirroring you. You just don't see it. Um, okay, because yeah, often you have yeah. blind spots. Right. Right. So and true. You need, yeah, you, you <laughs> yes. need someone externally to kind of point it out, kind of go, oh, they're mirroring you in that way. See the way you're able to see it very easily for your husband. Yes. But it would be interesting. Does your Would your husband be able to see it so easily about himself? Mm. Or the question could be, yeah. is like, ask your husband, how does the dog mirror me? And he might be go, this, 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 this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You'll have yeah. your own shopping list. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. So yeah. I'm not able to see it. So they are, they actually can mirror both of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. In different ways. And, and yeah. also what can happen as well is you, if you have two animals, yeah. they can mirror different aspects of yourself as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It's so lovely. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being oh, you. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I love your message. I love the way you communicate the message, the energy behind it. It's very freeing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so I guess the other questions I had was about the different ways animals work to heal humans. Uh, I know you said there are different ways. So once we see that happening, we are clearly able to identify what the dog's trying to tell us, then our job is to do something about it. Is that what it is? Or, yeah, how does it work from there? Is that, um, yeah, or, or hire somebody to help us, a healer, to guide us through those signs? Yeah. Yeah, I think the first step is acknowledging to the animal that their message has been heard. Right. Um, um and that they no longer need to mirror anymore. Whether yeah. or not they listen to that, 
depends on you. Right. Okay. Because if you go, oh, yeah, I see the mirroring is grand. Yeah. And then you yeah. just carry on as normal or forget about it. The animal is fully dialed in and mm. will just keep mirroring. Right. right. Um, so the first step is to say to the animal, I understand. And then mm. it is about taking responsibility and healing it within yourself, whatever way works for you. Right. Yes, but yeah. also the animal needs support as well, right. um, because if they have gotten to that point of disharmony within their body, mm. within their emotional body, their physical body, their mental body, they'll need to be brought back into balance as well. So yeah. you support them as, as a, in conjunction with supporting yourself. Right. Now, the other thing that I do is. When the animals, um, I use a method called zoopharmacognosy, which is a very fancy scientific word for basically means that animals that know how to self-medicate. So mm. when, a, when a cat eats grass to clear their stomach or when a horse eats dandelions to clear the liver in springtime, this is what they're doing. Uh, or when they drink the rainwater outside because it has better nutri nutrients in it than tap water. They're mm, self-medicating, okay? Right. So this is, this is what I do. The animals self-select mm. their own remedies, but also... I've developed a method where they select the remedies for their person. Uh, so they'll select a flower essence mix or an essential oil mix. And the person then goes on their own healing journey and gets profound insights because wow. the animal knows them better than they know themselves. Wow. Um, and they know yeah. all the blind spots. So the animals just shine a light on it through the botanicals. And it's a very mm. it's a very deep journey to go on. So that's what I offer people and their animal friends. If they're up for it, we can go really, really deep. Um, it's not yeah. a quick fix that I go for. Right. It's a lasting one. So I love clients that sign up for the for the longer term. And that's when you get to see lies really, really shifting with the wisdom of the animals. That is, I mean, it's just fascinating, amazing, beautiful, <laughs> all of that together. <laughs> I love the work you do. Absolutely love it. It's, Thank um, you. Yeah, it's truly precious. And we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, Lisa. Before that, I was curious, I made a note here about eating grass. And my dog does that. But around my development, they spray pesticides. So I always kind of stop him from doing that. So you just mentioned, what is the reason why they try to eat the grass again? Um, so it can, de it depends, I suppose. Yeah. Sometimes they'll, they, um, like a, a cat will eat the grass usually to clear a hairball from their stomach. Ah, um, yeah. Or, you know, if a dog has kind of a bit of a digestive upset, they'll, mm. they'll eat the grass ah. and they, they vomit afterwards. So there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But sometimes animals will really seek out grass a lot and become, and that can be a sign that there is a deeper level of pathology going on in the stomach like for example yeah. I was working on a cat today who has in Chinese medicine excess fire in her stomach so she went to the vets she's got a ferocious appetite and eats yeah. loads of grass and drinks wow. loads of water okay. and they went to the vet and the vet said there's nothing showing up in the bloods but 
with Chinese medicine, it's far more sensitive. And I could I could tell that there's a, a liver and gallbladder imbalance going on in the body that's knocking the stomach out and causing excess heat, which is making her really, really, really hungry um, and and going crazy for grass. Right. So there's different levels and different layers. Um, she also eats really weird things like eats cat litter and or yeah. eats tissue paper. So when they do right. all that kind of weird stuff, Right. It can be them just trying to self-medicate. Mm. You know? yeah. That's just one minor example of a myriad of different causes for stomach imbalances. Right, know? right. So it's very unique and it's going deeper in case by case. Yeah, but if you're if yeah. your dog and your cat are just out having the you know munch on grass a couple yeah. of times, you know, the every few <laughs> days or whatever, a little bit, don't worry about that, you know. Right. You know, they're just clearing out the stomach a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. And what is that about horses? I have to ask that question. <laughs> what is that about them? There's something majestic. There's something about horses that's just the most divine thing. I have to use the word divine. Yeah. What is that? Do you see that? I'm sure you do. But how would you describe that presence? Yeah, I call it equine time. Um, and I, I think about this a lot, actually. And when I'm down at the yard, um, the stables, like there's just something about it. you step into it and you think you're going to be there for half an hour mm. and th three hours have gone. Mm. And it feels like it feels like 10 minutes. Yes. Um, and I think there's something about horses where they pull you into their presence. I think physiologically they have immense big physical hearts ah, and the energy then yeah. the spiritual energy of their hearts you know spreads yeah. out and you know and that calls you in but also right. horses are a prey animal and they're very large and they can get spooked so any equestrian knows that you know we have a saying here in ireland is you should always have a healthy respect for the sea and horses Okay, because yeah. either can change quite quickly. Yes. Um, so when you're around a horse, you know, even you, you're always mindful, you're always fully present to them mm -hmm. and they can get they can get like kind of stressed and you're calming them down. So they pull you in mentally. Mm. on that level also right. and and then on top of all of that they're they're just they're they're healing you constantly <laughs> ah, yes. you know with the, with their energy and and they're reading you like a book and <laughs> and this is why this is why equine therapy mm. is such a hugely expanding field yeah. and and yeah. it's it's their heart energy you know ah. they're just such such benevolent beings yes. and such evolved beings and but also the 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 bigness of them and the bigness of the, like when a horse passes yeah. over and mm. their their presence is is so missed because they're so big yeah. on every level uh, uh you know you're just yeah. like oh they're gone you know i huh. miss them so so much yes. not that you don't miss the smallies either of course you right. do and um, but horses just have that bigger larger resonance mm, yes everything you say just resonates yeah, yeah. Um, real <laughs> true to me yeah they do bring us into their reality it's very clear so fast yeah. too Thank you again, Lisa, for your beautiful work. So my ending questions, I'll ask you this one to end the conversation and then a technical question. If there's one purpose for the human experience, if there was one purpose only, what would that be from your perspective? 
I think the the purpose of us is to remember that we are all equal. All beings on this earth are equal. The plants, the rocks, the trees, the animals. Um, And if we can get back to that, then we'll we'll fix everything. (laughs) Mm, Yes, (laughs) for sure. I know that a lot of time it's not easy to see that, let's say, the oneness, as so many use that word, that term, it's not easy because the mind, of course, is analyzing all the differences, focusing on the bodies that are different, you know, the forms, and then yeah, and then also the mind, the realm of the mind is different. But then, yeah, if we go deep enough, then everywhere we look at it, it's God. Oh, it's divine yeah. presence. There's no separation. I love that message. Thank you for, for saying that again here on this podcast. So the um, my technical question, I want to thank you again for everything that you're doing. I absolutely love your presence and the way you express your truth of the truth of what are you doing to serve humanity at this time. So thank you again for being open to life. And uh, before we say goodbye... Where is the best place to find more information about you, Lisa, and what you do? Great. Well, it's very easy to remember. My website is animalhealing.ie because we're in Ireland. So yeah. if people want to come and find me there, animalhealing.ie. You'll get all the information and you can connect with me there. And I'd love to hear from people. Mm, wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile when it's published. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Lisa Tully and her work, please visit animalhealing.ie. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.